There's only one authority on the Tennessee Titans, and that's the Tennessean. And there's only one show that's an authority, too, and you've found it. This is Talkin' Titans. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Talkin' Titans. I'm Tennessean sports columnist Gentry Estes, and I'm joined by... Adam Sparks, a uh, temporary <laughs> beat writer, I suppose, for the Titans. <laughs> and we're uh, we're going to be rehashing the... Uh, what ended up being the final game of a, of a good season, but not a great season. The, uh, the Titans lose 20-13 to the Baltimore Ravens in a uh, wild card home playoff game. Tough loss for the Titans. It, it, if, if for no other reason, Adam, it didn't play out the way so many other games have this season. I, I think most people would have thought coming into the playoffs that if the Titans get knocked out, it's going to be because of the defense. Somebody's going to outscore them. Didn't happen like that today. It was the offense that let them down. And, uh, you know, credit the Ravens defensively. They did a good job, but a tough way for the Titans to lose. Yeah, I mean, there was there was kind of two ways this game was going to be played. And I'd said this earlier in the week that the the Titans were going to win a game in the 30s where offense was, was on display. Uh, the Ravens wanted this to be a game like this, a 2013, a, a low-scoring affair where – Field goals mattered, and three and outs had a lot of value, and that's uh, that's what this game ended up being. I mean, to hold Derrick Henry to forty yards, a guy that rushed for over two thousand in the in the regular season, to hold him to forty yards, I, I mean, I think kind of tells the story of the game right there. And you know, I, I mean, even the Ravens said after, I know at least one of their players, I think it was one of their linebackers, said the goal was to hold Derrick Henry to 90 rushing yards while he didn't even get half that. It never really got going. Um, You know, his longest run was eight yards. We didn't see the stiff arm. We didn't see him in the open field. We didn't see any long runs broken. Um, And the Ravens, even I saw in the postgame, admitted that it wasn't really Derrick Henry's fault. They they were meeting him behind the line, at the line. He never really got any momentum to to get going. So for all that the offense did – you know, there's somewhat of a question of how do you how do you get past this? How do you add to what they had on offense? Because having a 2,000 yard rusher obviously wasn't enough. Yeah, I think the the way this played out, I think the, the you know obviously yeah Henry didn't get going and the Titans offense didn't get going. They didn't after scoring twice early in the game, they really weren't able to do much of all much of anything at all. They they didn't build possessions. Uh, if you look at it, the, in, in net yards, the Ravens ended up with 401 to 209 for the Titans. That's that's rough. Uh, plus offensive plays, the Ravens ran 15 more plays than the Titans did. That's fewer opportunities for, for Henry to get going and to kind of wear on a defense, which is usually what he's able to do. Didn't happen today. The Ravens never really buckled under that, and, and they the Titans didn't really put a lot of pressure on them to do it. The Titans only had 12 first downs and only one of those first downs came on the run. Um, that if you knew that coming into this game, I mean, I don't think you would have given the Titans much of a chance and, and they did have one at the end because the defense played pretty well. Yeah. But Gentry, don't you think this, this team always, at least most of the season seemed to be flawed to some extent. I mean, the defense was the obvious thing where we could say most of the season, phenomenal offense, uh, poor defense. But I just felt like overall that you felt like there were weaknesses on this team that were going to be exploited uh, when you got to the playoffs. I mean, you know, the NFL, you know, obviously I'm used to covering college more than the NFL, but I think in the NFL something you have you don't have in college as much as 
the hot team uh, matters in the NFL in the postseason. The team that kind of hits their stride, that kind of figures things out in the last month of the season, that's the team that's going to going to go deep into the playoffs. And the Ravens won five in a row, and five in a row to uh, finish the regular season. The Titans were kind of up and down, and you know, last season's team they get to the AFC title game seemed like one that was kind of destined to make a run. They seemed like they had found some kind of magic, some kind of formula. I never got the sense that there was this magic or that 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 you know possible long run with this playoff team. Regardless of what the weakness was, you felt like it would show up in the playoffs. And today, a different weakness showed up. But but still, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of hope there late in the game that the Titans were going to come back. No, and and I think it – I mean, you point to the fourth and two where Vrabel chooses to punt. And, and look, maybe you go far and maybe you don't get it, but that decision was, was waving a white flag a little bit in my opinion. If you don't have confidence in your offense at that point, you're, on, you're at the Ravens 40, your offense hasn't done much of anything, and you're only down four points. If you go for that and get it, it's a totally different game – and, you know, you, you, you punt with this, this, if nothing else, I mean, maybe you don't get it, but to me that decision spoke to a lack of confidence in Vrabel and his offense, which if you, I mean, you got a 2,000-yard rusher, you had one of the best offenses in the NFL, and to have a lack of confidence in that scenario with the season really on the line, I think spoke volumes about, you know, his own confidence in the team. Now, you talk about a flawed team, I agree. I, I think over the course of the season that's been made obvious, I think, couple weeks ago in green bay more than any other time which kind of was a sign that hey okay this this team's not 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 really peaking at the right time but again i thought they were flawed last season and they made a run if you've got a player like derrick henry you're you're gonna have a chance at it but you know not today well i mean i'll push back just a little bit on the fourth and two i think my read on it was that Vrabel was reading the game rather than his team. And sometimes coaches can do this, right? I know what my team can do, but in this situation, everything's different today. I think he was reading the game more than anything. He has an offense that put up a ton of yards. It can convert fourth and twos, no problem all season. The game that he was in today was a 20 to 13 game. It was a low scoring game. It's, it's one where the Titans defense had stood up and you had to say, you had to say, Hey, points are going to be at a premium. Um, you know, defense is playing well. Um, you're not going to have to outscore, so to speak, uh, the Ravens with a whole lot of offense today. So you can afford to not go for it on the fourth and two. I think he also looked at his running game, and this was not the Derrick Henry run game that we had seen all year. This is a, you know, it's a fourth and two, but uh, Derrick Henry averaged 2.2 yards per carry today. So I, I felt like, and I don't even know if it was the right decision, but I felt like he was trying to make a read on this game specifically rather than a read on his team. Now, detractors, maybe you included, would look at that and say you are what you are and don't abandon that in the playoffs. And I think that's a reasonable argument. But uh, uh, With the way this season has gone, would you rather have the offense or the defense on the field in the fourth quarter? Oh, the offense 10 times out of 10. Sure. Um, you know, so, yeah, I, I mean, it, it showed a lack of confidence. There's no doubt about that. I think they were going to have to – I'd be curious to know the dynamic between ta- between uh, Vrabel and Arthur Smith around that time because, you know, he's got he's to be on Arthur with Arthur Smith on the headset and say, hey, you've done it for me all year. I know you've got the right play in your back pocket. Let me see what it is. Uh, I'd be curious to know how that conversation went if Arthur Smith pushed back a little bit and said – course I do I have all year or if Rabel just said 
we're going to, we're going to punt here and no questions asked. Well, and you know, I know that Vrabel got asked about it after the game and Arthur Smith isn't, isn't available to the media after games, but they ran the, are they, they ran the ball for eight yards on first down in that sequence and then threw it twice before punting. And again, I think that's kind of a, a lack of confidence in that situation. But, but look, when you, when you lose a game like this, everything gets second guess. You know, it, I, I don't know if that particular instance cost them the game as much as the fact that they just, they just weren't themselves offensively. And, and, and I think that that's, that's, that's Henry more than it is anything else, probably because they're used to him getting rolling. I mean, it, when you have a running back that can go for 250 yards, like he did in Houston last week, that covers a lot of problems all over your team. Um, you know, Tannehill did okay. I thought AJ Brown had a real good game, but it's, you know, t- to me, and, and I think it, it hits on something you said earlier, Adam, and I'm going to write more about this is I just never felt like this was a Super Bowl kind of team. Uh, even when they started strong and they're winning games, the offense, I thought, masked a lot of problems that they had on this team. And I think it goes back to the offseason. Uh, go, go look at some of the guys who got significant snaps in this game who – you know, you're, you're talking about Nick Westbrook at receiver, Cam Batson at receiver, these undrafted free agent type guys. Some of these fringe, fringe players, they're being relied on in big situations. And not to say they, they couldn't come through in times. It's just I just never felt like this, this team never had the depth they needed. Uh, they were top heavy with guys like Henry, Tannehill, A.J. Brown. They got a lot of talent. But, you know, the, the equivalent of Nick Westbrook on the, the Ravens roster is Des Bryant. <laughs> you yeah. know, they, they picked him up during the middle of the season, you know, things like that. Well, I, you know, I mean, I think this brings up some pretty big questions this offseason because is this uh, is this an 11 and five AFC South title team that is ascending that, hey, last year was a nine win team, get to the AFC title game. And this year they were better in the regular season, won 11 games. Are they ascending or did did they get lucky to get by this year with a better record and with the division title? And they're actually in somewhat of, of shaky territory because, you know, this is a year to year league of the NFL is, and you can take a drop pretty quickly. So, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a decent chance that, yeah, those phenomenal offensive numbers that the Titans had turned a seven win team into an 11 win team. And uh, I think that's a possibility next year. They have to fix the pass rush, and that probably isn't even one player. They've got to do a whole lot to fix pass rush. They've got to get a defensive coordinator. They've got to get their identity back on defense. Uh, obviously, a healthy offense with Taylor Lewan coming back uh, healthy. They've got to figure out the Isaiah Wilson situation. Uh, there's a number of things to do in, in this offseason. And, again, you can't think that this team for sure is going from nine wins to 11 wins to 12 or 13 next year. It could easily take a big step back. And it, it was probably close to doing that this year had the offense not put up just phenomenal numbers. Yeah. And I think that I, I and because of that, I, I think this off season, they're facing more of a rebuild type situation this off season than they were last off season. Hmm. Uh, they ended up, you know, and I, again, and I, I kind of wrote this before the season, but with the moves they made in the offseason, with the exception of the 11th hour signing of Jadavion Clowney, most of the moves they made were not a contending team as, as much as it was, a, a, you know, I guess they were trying to maintain the status quo, but you're getting rid, 
you didn't re-sign Jack Conklin. You didn't re-sign Logan Ryan. You let Jarrell Casey go for, for nothing. Um, you know, and, and you're trying to, and then you go try to replace those guys in the draft and the draft just worked out horribly. They didn't really get much of anything all season from, from pretty much any of their draft picks, including the first rounder who you mentioned and Isaiah Wilson. You can't, you can't whiff on that, that pick. I don't care if you're picking at the end of the round, you need a guy who can come play. And I think even when they took Isaiah Wilson, even before all of his off the field issues, he was viewed as kind of a project. Well, the pick before him, the Ravens took Patrick Queen, who's one of the best players on their defense all season at linebacker at 28. A few spots below it, the Chiefs took Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who was a fantastic running back for a lot of this season. Just saying, you, you can get a difference maker at that point in the draft. Titans didn't do it. Uh, they did the year before. Jeffrey Simmons and A.J. Brown were two pretty good draft picks in the first and second round, and I think when you saw an ascending team at the end of last season, I think that had something to do with it. They weren't getting anything out of their rookies. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a weird situation where you're talking about a division champion that will face pressure in the draft. You know, usually you think of a division champion of just filling a little spot here, a little spot there, and being able to do that in the draft. That that's not the case here. They've 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 got to figure out what the Isaiah Wilson situation is. They got to figure out if they need to replenish there, if they have to cut ties with him. They have to go. I mean, they have to go pass rush. You would think in the, in the first round, if not the second round. Um, and they've just got some other holes on the defensive side. It's, it's, it's not that this team needs to be fixed, but there seems to be a pretty big chasm between winning the AFC South and being a Super Bowl contender. That's not to take away from anything they did offensively and some good pieces ahead of defense, but um, it's, it, there's still a big step to take with this team, and I think the glass half-empty fan – can say there's also a, a step that could be taken back. So this is a pretty important offseason for the Titans. Yeah, I think they, I mean, I think you look at this season and you say they overachieved their talent. I do. I, I think a lot of that had to do with having a phenomenal running back. A if he's if he's not one of the better receivers in the league yet, he's certainly on that path in AJ Brown. And a quarterback in Ryan Tannehill that's better than a lot of people around the league think he is. And I think those things allowed them to cover a lot of problems, especially on defense over the course of the season. They start from a really good place. You know, nobody else in the league has a Derrick Henry. Uh, I think fewer teams that people want to admit have a Ryan Tannehill. And I think that, so the Titans are starting from a pretty good place with this, but depth was always going to be an issue. You looked at the team before the season started and maybe the, 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 the first 22, okay, but you knew injuries were going to become an issue. And I mean, you got David Quisenberry is a great story but he's your starting left tackle at the end of the year when you drafted one in the first round who's not even on your team anymore. These are hard things to overcome. Well, and I mean, there's certainly an opportunity there. I mean, you mentioned what the Ravens did. You know, so, so much in the NFL is getting a piece to counter the opponent that you've got to get through. And you talked about the Ravens before where they, they made good on the first-round draft pick. Well, the Ravens also um, traded for uh, uh, acquired uh, – uh, Calais Campbell in, in March and they knew they had to stuff the run or they were not going to get deep traded, in the playoffs. Traded in October for Ngakwe. Yeah, that's, so there you go. They, they, we have to stop the run. We have to stop guys like Derrick Henry to get deep in the playoffs and they did that and it looked pretty good today. So, okay, so the Titans um, to face a, a Deshaun Watson, to possibly face like a Lamar Jackson in a situation like today, you've got to have a pass rush. 
and you've got to have a guy that can bottle up those those dual threat type quarterbacks, and they don't have that guy on this roster right now. So that's you know that's that's the optimistic approach. You've you've got a need, you go fill the need. You're a better team if you can accurately fill that need. The Ravens did it. The Titans have to do it now. And I'm telling you, I mean, you're you're out there depending on. You know nothing against Brooks Reed. I mean, he, he played pretty well the last couple of weeks, but but yeah, you're you're relying on some 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 fringe guys who, you know, that's it's difficult to think you're going to go win when that's the case. I think Brooks Reed. I looked played almost a quarter of the snaps on defense uh, today. A guy like Matt Dickerson played about two thirds of the snaps on defense. Well, you drafted a D lineman in the fifth round. Where was he? You know, Lorel Merchantson didn't play that much. Christian Fulton at cornerback, second round pick, didn't play that much. I'm just saying, you know, th- th- there were things they overcame this year from a talent standpoint that I that I don't think people realize just because Henry Tannehill, AJ Brown, these guys were so good. But yes, a lot of work to do in the offseason would be the uh, would be the uh, too long didn't read part of that. That's all I got. You any any closing remarks from you, Gentry? <laughs> no, I mean it's a a weird season and. Um, you know, enjoyed having uh, a different group of people, I guess, here on board here at the end. Adam did a did a wonderful job here the last couple of weeks. And too bad it's it's short, right? I mean, you you just got going and now it's over. <laughs> I did. I had not booked any plans to the Super Bowl, so <laughs> I only got a few Southwest miles out of this. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that'll do it for uh, this edition of Talking Titans. We hope you'll subscribe to Tennessean.com if you haven't already. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, wherever it is you get your podcast. Drop us a review and a rating while you're at it. For Adam Sparks, I'm Gentry Estes. Thanks so much for listening. Talking Titans hosts each Thursday at Tennessean.com. You can also subscribe to Talking Titans for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. Talking Titans is a production of the Tennessean.